Last half of this year, we added three other salespeople. So we're getting more contracts now, right? So we had a transaction coordination bottleneck a little bit, right? So we hired Jackie. So you see that we're practicing this as we're scaling necessities and other inventions. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, hey, what is going on, my fellow flip hackers? Hope you're all doing amazing. So I am currently sailing the islands of Thailand. I think an area, Phuket. So I don't know what it's called, but I, I, I'm not there yet when I'm recording this, but I'm there when you're listening and I'm sure it's amazing and I'm having a great time. So <laughs> um, anyway, can't wait to, uh, hopefully I'm doing some Facebook lives or something. Hopefully I, hopefully I have some reception. So anyway, guys, um, today is going to be part three of the three-part series that we are doing where I'm giving you a sneak peek, a fly on the wall view and listen to the introduction of the six-figure flipping uh, intensive event that we recently had in Farmington, Utah, where Andy McFarland just breaks down his entire business. So this is part three. Uh, if you have not yet listened to parts one and two, go back to the other two podcasts and check those out first. Um, but yeah, it's it's really good stuff. So let's continue. I've got a lot of good feedback from you guys. And take it away, Andy McFarland. Um, so my journey here. So we just went over that whole process, but my journey... Uh, just to recap, it was, I was doing too much, I was stressed, it wasn't fun, it wasn't scalable, right? But I, was, I, I thought I was doing a lot of deals, and I was doing some deals, you know, doing like one or two deals a month. I'm project managing stuff, um, I'm project managing stuff, I was answering the phones, I was putting the marketing pieces together. I knew everything, I was in touch with everything, because I was the one doing everything, and it, I was stressed and it wasn't scalable, right? I wasn't having as much fun doing it, but I was small and I was keeping it all, right? Um, <laughs> so, reluct- when I say I reluctantly hired a bookkeeper, who, who, who knows Lindsay? Some hands here. Anybody? Okay, Lindsay. So Lindsay has agreed to come down here. So this book you were talking about is Lindsay, and she's, she's coming. She'll be here in like 45 minutes. So when I say I reluctantly hired him, um, from being a real estate investor, we're kind of students of marketing a little bit, right? Some of you guys that are doing marketing stuff, you care, you want that direct response marketing stuff. Um, and I got a, an interesting direct response marketing piece from this, from this company. And it was, uh, it was like this tube. What do they call those? Like, I don't remember what they call those mailers. There's a certain yeah. name for them, like the bulk mail or something. Not bulk mail, but there's something to do that's like lumpy mail. So lumpy mail. I got this lumpy mail, and it was this tube. And I opened the tube up, and there was these 3D glasses. And I'm like, okay, I'll bite. Pull up the 3D glasses. I put them on. And you pull a piece of paper on the tube, and it's one of those like fuzzy things. But you, when you look at it with the 3D glasses, you can see it clearly. And there was some catchy thing that said in there, like, oh, you're not seeing clearly in your business or whatever, right? There was some connection with that. But it was from a company that offered to do your books. And I was doing my own books, and I was really good at it. No one could do it as good as me, right? Because I was like, no, no. I, I could do my books well. So I saw that, and I was just like, I was intrigued by it. So I called them, not because I wanted to do them to do my books, because I had it handled. Believe me, guys, I'm not going to pay somebody to do that. I had it handled, right? But I was like, I was curious, the business owner that would send that marketing, because that was very interesting marketing to me. So I called them up, had a conversation, and that, that business owner talked me into an appointment. So, you know, it's not, let's just meet, you know, we're, I'm a business owner, you're a business owner. So I said, okay, great. We had lunch. So they literally, reluctantly forced me into it. This business owner and Lindsay, who was like her number one employee, came there. And they were sitting down at lunch with me. And I was telling them all the problems, you know, everything. I'm like, oh, I do this and that and the other. She's like, you're doing a lot. And they said, do your own books? Yeah. And they're like asking me about it. And they realized that I was horrible at doing my books. And they said, just let us try it. Because I was like, I was under the impression, like you guys are, you know there's certain things in your life, those sacred cows that no one can do it but you. 
right? Like no one can, my wife doesn't let me do certain things at home. She's like, no, 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 I got this, right? I got this. So that was, for me, I was like, no one can do the books, but like, just let us try. And they took it and it was like one step at a time, but it was just like, wow, not only do they do it better than me, like they're extremely efficient. They're like, why are you doing it that way? We just do this. And I'm like, whatever, you guys do it. So they took that, I took that step out. So my cup that was full drained a lot. I mean, I was just like, I, I didn't realize how much time I was spending doing books, right? So I drained my, my cup a lot, so I had more capacity there. So that was, my, that was literally my first hire, right? So that's why she's the first person coming in. It was like my, you know. So, yeah, Jolita. I have to ask Lindsay that. Four? Four years ago? Five years ago? So I hired Lindsay. And then her brother-in-law was in California, and he was moving to Utah, marrying her daughter. So, or not her daughter, marrying her, her sister, and I was, you know, as I'm spilling them all my problems, right, I'm throwing up on them on the table. And they're like, hey, we'll help you with the books. And I'm like, I go to these projects. How many projects are going on? I got a couple of flips, and I go there every day, Home Depot, all this stuff. And they're like, okay. They're like, she's like, you know what? My brother-in-law is moving from California. You should talk to him about that stuff. He's handy, whatever. So she got me, I mean, an interview with this guy. You guys remember Jason Reed? Do you remember Jason Reed? Yeah. So he, um, he was in San Diego, too. And so he, I hired him then to be my project manager. He was my project manager for like three years. So that was my next hire, project management, right? Uh, so I hired a project manager because I put an ad out because I was like so proactive like you guys are going to be because I recognized my cup was full because I knew I was doing things I shouldn't do. No, because I reluctantly got in that room and it was the most blessed thing in my life that I got in that room that Lindsay talked me into the, into the books and she said, hey, here's a guy, put it right in front of me so I can get a project manager. So he did my project. Again, my cup drained a little bit so I had more capacity to do stuff, right? And then I hired a phone person because like, this is kind of cool. I don't like answering the phone. You guys have heard this before. Hired a phone person. And now the phone's ringing, and I don't care how much marketing I'm doing because I don't have to answer the phone. And I'm like, great. Now I'm sick of putting marketing pieces together. How many of you guys are sitting there like, what should I mail this month, right? Like, ah, oh, what am I going to say? And you guys are lucky because I didn't have a group like this. Like, you put these forums together like, Mike, show me your mailers. Cool, I'll send that, right? Like, we can just swipe other people's stuff. But uh, I didn't have that. I had to create something that, you know, I didn't know. Just throw it out there, right? So hire a marketing manager and make sure the phone kept ringing, right? And then... Those people started help, hiring people to help them. My phone person got inundated with stuff because he was, he was doing more than phones. He was preparing my appointments and everything. And he, he just didn't have time to do that anymore. So he said, can I hire somebody to help with the phones? Yes. So he started draining his cup and doing those things, right? So my first phone person was Luke, who now does uh, head of transaction coordination and was dispositions, but he's not anymore in his project management, right? So he's continued to drain his cup and elevate as, he, as we go. So you're seeing this pattern, right? This is what's happened to me and this is what can happen to you. So those people started hiring people to help them. Then finally, I fired myself from sales. I was the best sales guy, right? Jeremiah was a good sales guy. I was the best sales guy too, right? And I thought no one could do it as good as me. Totally wrong. Hired somebody else. People still loved them as much as they loved me. They signed the contracts, <laughs> and away we went. And then that disconnected me from the geography. I didn't have to be in Utah anymore. I could be wherever, right? I could employ these same processes anywhere. So firing myself from sales was probably the next best thing that I ever did. Um, so I didn't do the sales anymore. So this is the current team. And if there's an asterisk next to it, it means you're going to meet them. They're going to be here this weekend. So if you're like, oh, I want to ask Andy's person this, you know, make a note of that, right? Um, Jason. So he's the marketing manager. I hired him first to do marketing and make sure the phone doesn't stop ringing. I quickly realized that his capacity was pretty, pretty good, and I want to make sure that he elevated. So now he is also the chief. Uh, he's the operating officer, right? He runs the whole show. I'm able to spend four to five hours a week doing this, uh, doing this business, and he, he runs the whole thing because he has that kind of a capacity. So I appreciate that. He let me drain so much of my cup in that so that I could actually be here today and do other stuff like this, which I enjoy this stuff, and I hope you guys, hope you guys enjoy it too. Um, 
So Jason, the marketing manager, you get to meet him. Lindsay, bookkeeper, controller. I don't, I don't know these official terms. If you guys have come from like business background and you like know like, wait a second, you call them this because I don't know official terms, all right? <laughs> we didn't I, go to business school. Either. I didn't go to business school. I just went to the school of like making it up as I go along, right? So, <laughs> it looks good, right? So I call it a bookkeeper controller. Because she, so just to tell you a little bit about her, and I, I'll re-explain it and hype her up when she comes in, but uh, she started just doing my books for business. And then I had some rental properties and stuff. And then right now, and then I, the last piece I gave her was my personal books because I'm like, nobody, you know, you don't want somebody doing your personal books. But she does that now for me too. So we have uh, Treehouse Investments, which does, you know, all the stuff you guys know about in three different states. All the flips. We did like 35 flips last year and the rest of them were wholesales. All the people, paying all these people, keeping all that stuff together. Um, all of my rental properties. Then I've got, we've got a, a real estate brokerage, a uh, pay-per-click services company and billing all those clients and doing all that <coughs> stuff. And... Figure out there's something we're forgetting there. The bottom line is she does a lot of stuff, and she does a lot for me. Ask her how much time, but I think she's going to say something like 10 hours a week. Something stupid like that, right? So was somebody better at it than me? Absolutely. I couldn't even handle a small fraction of that, and it was taking me a lot of time. And she's just like, oh, yeah, I got systems, processes. I'm good. Like, this makes sense to me. So that's, that's how good she is. So that's where she comes from. So make sure you utilize her and ask her questions, right? So she's coming in. Um, Laura, so I talked a little bit about her. She's the head lead manager. So when we hired her a few years ago, she was the only one answering the phones, and she was being underutilized. She came from a management position at a, uh, a phone sales place. They were doing a pharmaceutical, no, uh, skincare stuff. So she was like answering phone, but also kind of selling in that capacity. So we paid her a little bit more, and I forget, I think it was a salary. We started her out at like 35 or 38,000 a year or something. You think for a phone person, I mean, I said John's eyes get pretty wide. Why, you know, he's just like, wait a second, what? But we hired her for where we were going, not for where we were right then. So I want you guys to think about that, too. Um, if you hire somebody, you kind of get what you pay for a lot. Sometimes you'll find those diamonds in the rough, but you get what you pay for. And we hired her knowing that we were going to grow, and we wanted her to be able to manage some of that growth. And we've, already, we've, we've gone into that. It's actually happened, right? So she'll be here this afternoon. Uh, you can ask her about her. And she, by the way, treat her really well, because she hates being in front of people. Like, she hates it. She's only doing it because I, like, I begged her to do it. Like, she absolutely hates it. She's going to come up here and try to compose, but she's going to be so embarrassed, and she doesn't like doing it, right? But she is coming, because she's an integral part of our team. And 2016, they made our 2016. They answered the phone, guys. Ask them about that. They made our 2016. Um, she manages Lisa and also Lacey. I know, Laura, Lisa, Lacey. I get it, right? I get it. That's real. It's not like Pat Live. So they're coming. They're not coming. Lisa and Lacey aren't coming in. Um, Wally, so he is one of my sales guys in Utah. He'll be here tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. So we're going to talk about the sales process and all that stuff first, and then, then Wally's going to come in at 10. Uh, Tyler is also my other sales guy in Utah. He said he was going to come too. Anybody watch I Love Real Estate Stories? Plug for that, somebody? Yeah, woo. We did a video like two years ago about a kid that made $120,000 his first year in real estate. Anybody remember that story? Yep. And then he went on a mission. He left to go on a mission. He went to Texas for two years. He went to serve a mission for the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, he actually came home in July. He was going to start up his business again. Well, we got him on the team, right? We brought him, we brought him to the light side. So uh, he had some experience with that, but now he's, he's doing sales for us as well. So you guys will get to meet him. He's coming tomorrow as well. Um, Jared, he does acquisitions in New Mexico. He is not going to be here because he's in New Mexico. Anna does acquisitions in New Mexico. She is not going to be here because she's in New Mexico. Dave is acquisition in Indiana. Again, Roger in Indiana. You will not meet those guys. Um, Luke, project management uh, and transaction coordination lead. So like Jackie and Susan work do, do the transaction coordination underneath him. He is kind of their lead. They come to him for questions because they're not going to come to me and they don't want to come to Jason for that, right? Like uh, they come to him for that stuff. So he's heading up that team um, and trying to empower them as much as possible. 
Uh, and up until recently, he was doing dispositions. So right now, he's 10% dispositions, and Chad's 90%, but Chad's going to take that whole thing over and grow with it, right? Again, we're the same pattern of leading, empowering people to do stuff, draining your cup so that everybody beneath us can do that same thing. So he's doing that. Project management. So he managed three flips a month last year for us and across three different states. This, this year, we're going to do five. That's the goal. We need to do five flips per month in our deal mix. 25 deals a month. Five of those need to be flips. And there's a little bit of chaos that comes to that. I'm not Justin. Like, I don't, I, that's not our primary MO. We're primarily wholesalers that kind of come into doing some flips as they make sense. So he's going to manage five. So those systems and processes, we're working that out. But it's, it's going to be a jump for him too. But that's going to help us succeed. So you can ask him about that. Um, Chad, dispositions. Great sales guy. He's a great people person. You guys are going to love him, right? And he, um, he comes from a title background. He was a title marketing, a marketing rep for like First American Title. You know the marketing reps? So it's a sales position, but he also understands real estate. He was a former real estate broker, so he understands these transactions and can see through it. So we love, I love him for this position because not only is he good at building rapport with other um, investors, because that's what they're doing, right? He's building rapport with an investor, selling them on why they should buy this deal, but he understands stuff like seller financing. He understands contract law. He understands the process. He understands title because he comes from that background. So a marketing rep for a, for a title company might be good. He's been good for us for the last two or three months. So that was you know, a, kind of a good position that fits that. And by the way, well, I'll, I'll get to them here. These guys, transaction coordination. I think a good transaction coordinator, you know those escrow assistants? Like you talk to your escrow officer and like they're the sales face and you come to them, but who's doing all the work? It's their assistants. They're on the ball, right? They know what they're doing. So I think those escrow assistants probably make great transaction coordination people because they don't make a ton of money, but they're just on it. They're on the ball. So people like that. I don't know if Jackie came from that background, but she's great. You'll meet her. She's transaction coordination. We hired her like a month and a half ago. Because, because Susan was just overwhelmed. We were doing, so this year we averaged 20 contracts a month, but towards the tail end of the year, that last half of the year, we started doing months where we had 25 and 30 contracts in that month. Well, for transaction coordination, I mean, she was scared. She was staying until like 8 o'clock at night sometimes because she's like, and we're like, why are you staying so late? We're not paying you to stay late. You're a dollar per hour. Like, she was like, you're not getting paid after this time. She's like, because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, meaning contracts. Like, she has a certain checklist she has to do when a contract comes in the door, and she wants to get that done, input in our system, in the podio, and all this stuff, and stuff, because she's like, I don't know if I'm going to get five contracts tomorrow, right? So in her world, like, she was just so inundated with stuff, because why? Because we added more salespeople. Last half of this year, we added three other salespeople. So we're getting more contracts now, right? So we had a transaction coordination bottleneck a little bit, right? So we hired Jackie. So you see that we're practicing this as we're scaling necessities of mother invention, Sarah, uh, uh, Susan staying forever, what do we got to do? Let's help Susan. Let's shore it up with Jackie. So that's what we did. So that's Susan. Um, yeah. And Jake, um, he's not a, a formal part of like the Trios Investments team that we do the, the flips and all that stuff. But we, we recently scaled to where we could, we were having people ask us a lot. That they said, you know, you guys get a lot of deals from pay-per-click and it's a confusing thing. Can you guys help us with pay-per-click? And we were like, no, 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 no. And then earlier this year, we're like, why not? But in order to do that, Jason, marketing manager, who you're going to meet later this afternoon too, his cup was so full, obviously doing all the things he was doing. He's like, I don't have capacity to do that. And I'm like, well, what if? What if we hired somebody to do what you were doing just in that fraction to drain your cup there? What if we could bring on a full-time person to do that? Would we have the capacity to not only make our stuff better, but make it available to other people? And he was okay with that, and we did that. So that's why we started that kind of services company this year. And Jake is a full-time employee there, and all he does is just manage those campaigns for us and manage them for some investors around the country. So that's Jake. He's not specifically a part of Treehouse Investments, but he's a part of that services company. But it does help Treehouse Investments too. Is there a question? Did you say? No? Make sure I'm good with Lindsay coming in. You got it. Yeah. You mentioned uh, the objective for this next year is to do 25 deals. Um, you mentioned 
Why the deal mix? Um, the deal mix came that way because as I was analyzing our numbers, our, our, average, um, our average profit per wholesale and profit per flip, I saw that it was easier for us to move the needle to get that extra million dollars by adding two flips, which were greater margins, than the other ones, right? It was going to be heavier on project management. That's why. We had the capacity capital-wise and, and Luke-wise, I think we had that capacity. So we're like, that's going to move the needle a lot better, right? Adding those two deals, an extra 24 or whatever that is, it just it makes it that much easier, right? So that's why. As I looked at it, I said, I want to do four million how? And I said, okay, that's how we do it. Our average flip was 27,000 bucks. Our average wholesale was this. If we do that and this, that's going to get us the four million bucks. So that's why it was. Why not flip them all? We're just not built that way. Not yet. <laughs> we're getting to the point where we can do that. Andy, yeah. would now be a good time to take a short break? Or, yes. Or, in fact, let me see what I've got on the next slide. Nope. Now's the time. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before yeah. we do. In a couple minutes, we're going to take a short break. Okay. Is it good stuff so far? Yeah. So this is just kind of like Andy said, big, big level so far. But I had a couple um, thoughts that, that I wrote down. Um, I have a question for you guys. Who, who in here is an entrepreneur? Raise your hand. Okay, good. Is there anyone with their hand not raised? Anybody not raise their hand? Okay, good. Nobody dares to not raise their hand. <laughs> what, what is an entrepreneur? What does that mean? Better yet, what are the roles like, of an entrepreneur? What do you think? There's, there's, fourth, there's no, not a really right or wrong answer. Mary. Okay, always thinking that money could work for you, leveraging money. Awesome. Yes. And the entrepreneur. Yep. The visionary. Did you guys hear Andy? Andy, how involved are you in like the day-to-day, -day, like taking calls and all in, in your business? Uh, Not at all. But yet the people who were were the ones who were kind of doubting a little bit. So Andy comes in. What did he have? He had the vision. Like, Andy doesn't have a crystal ball. Like, he didn't know he was going to make $3 million last year, $2 million the year before. But he, I was a little nervous about it, but, you know, you can't act nervous. You got yeah. No, 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 guys. <laughs> the coach is, like, telling Andy us, we're going to do this. But you're like, holy crap. Sometimes crazy. Andy and I, when we're, like, kind of scared, we call each other because we can't talk to our team about it, right? Like, we're like, no, we can do this, right? Like, but it's, it's to believe. Like, it's this crazy thing. I, I don't think I'd, like, too woo-woo on you guys, but, like, if you, be, like, believe it, like, so strong... And you help enough other people believe that mission. I mean, there have been incredible and horrible leaders throughout our history we can look at, but they believe in something strong enough to where people followed them. And believe in them, not only cast that vision and believe in them, but make it, a, like, I've, it's grounded in realism, right? Like, I had the numbers to back it up. And then when I went through, and I've got, I mean, let, me, let me show this to you guys. This was, like, this was literally my like, talking points from like two days ago when we did this. This was for my team. I said 2017 goals and everything. And I said, the, the theme's written right here. And then I had marketing, lead manager, sales, I'm like a paragraph, which one? But I knew that I wanted to tell them. Because I know I need to tell you, here's where we're going, here's what we're going to do, and we can get there. They're going to like, great, eh, but what do I need to do? Okay, you, as a salesperson, here's what you need to do. And I said to them, I said, do your pre-work. We're going to talk about it tomorrow morning. Comping, gathering information, market knowledge, that's going to help you, right? Go see people in person. What? Three equals one, guys. They're like, what? Really? I'm like, yeah, three leads equals one. I've seen the numbers. They're like, okay, cool. Listen to them and be real. That's what you need to do. What can you do? Find the problem, help them solve it. And then the last thing, follow up, follow up, follow up. That's what you can do. So with that salesperson, they're like, oh, I don't know, we can do that. I'm like, yes, you can. And what, well, how can we do this? Control what you can control. Fight to control what you control. I cast that vision for them. I said, but here's specifically what you need to do to hit that vision. Well, what if the leads don't come in? Don't look in Laura's plate. You look at your plate, and Laura's like, well, what if the phone doesn't ring? Don't look at that plate. That's the marketing manager's plate, right? You control your lane, control what you can control, fight like an underdog, and we'll win. 
And, I, that's, and that's the exact speech I had with them. You guys have heard me talk about yeah butters, right? I mean, I never, in my mind, never is it can we do this. It's how can we do this, right? Oh, you want that, that number bigger, that goal bigger? Okay, not can we, how can we? Always, and that's what you're working on with, with your team as well. Um, I remember when I first started replacing myself, I first started like systematizing. It was a little scary at first. And you feel like you're kind of taking a step back, which doesn't feel right to us. We're trying to progress all the time. You've got to take a step back. Why? Because you've got to train this person. Maybe you've got to pay him something. So financially, you feel like you're going down. And we have been trained as a society um, since, I, I don't remember all the history. I listen to these books sometimes, and like, I remember the, the, the message. I don't really remember the details. I'm not a details guy. But we have been trained. I do know we've been trained for, for a year, like decades in our society to go off to work, go get our paycheck, keep working for the man, and keep getting paid. I want to talk about all these things before Andy's team comes in, by the way, because you know, we want to be a little more respectful. We don't want, we don't want them to all quit and go, you know, so. Um. That's, that's all I mean. If, you, if they think they have a better, if, you know, I tell everyone, you're, that's a true. you're that's the president true. of your own corporation. If you think you can do better somewhere else with somebody else, you can leave. That is, right? yeah, no, that's nobody in my team signs non-competes. Like, I'm not saying you should do that or you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, like, if they can't win within my organization, if I can't make it a situation where they can thrive and they like it and they can win by leveraging everybody else's strengths and recognizing that we're better as a whole in it, that's my bad, right? So that's the way I've chosen. And I feel the same about my team, too, but um, it was still, anyway, it's fun to. But still, don't try to head home. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, so I remember when I started, like, systematizing things, and it took, like, a month or two each time I'd outsource something else. But man, it sure is fun. Like, when you talk about like upping the marketing, like if someone else is taking the calls, you think you're going to be okay with increasing the marketing? If someone else is doing the marketing, do you think you're going to be okay with that? If someone's handling all these things, and that's what allows you to be, like I talked about, the role of the entrepreneur is to keep thinking big. How can you grow your business? How can you scale your business? Anywhere in the job, you guys literally should write down your job description. And don't make it big. Make it super small. Nowhere in there doesn't include any of these things that we're talking about. Like Andy said at the beginning, sure, you might be doing some of those things and you're going to keep replacing those. But what we like to do is we like to feel important. So we say, you know, I'm good at this. I want to do, I'll do this and I'll hire someone else to do these other things. But then what happens? Are you able to think about the big picture? Are you able to grow? No, that's your job. And you cannot do that if you're bogged down by the day-to-day things. You don't know what you're missing out on because your brain can only take in so much. You don't recognize the opportunity that's out there. Um, even me now in my education business, like it's, it's been interesting, like having, working with these guys and like trying to like, okay, how do I like leverage and work with other people to continue to grow that, right? There was a point where I had this belief that, oh, I can't do that. Like, that's impossible to do. But it's like, no, not can I, how can I? So keep thinking about those things. Um, one year ago, Kate Hall, uh, you guys saw the, the twins, right? Kate Hall, Beth is there. Beth hadn't quit her job yet. She's just kind of thinking about it, right? She quits right after the, the meeting. But Kate is up there, and she, she wants to grow. Like, she puts up some goal that we're like, what? what? How many deals did she want to do? Like, two a month? And we're like... It wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, like, come on. And she's like, yeah, but, I, you know, I, I like going to the projects. And, and I said to her, I said, would you rather make seven figures or would you rather go to the projects? And she, do you think she hesitated? No. She did not hesitate. I said, okay. You will not become a millionaire. You will not make a seven-figure income if you are doing these tasks. And so, boom, she stopped just like that. I think every once in a while she still goes, but not that much. So, To your point, she does the projects because she wanted to have 
relationship with a family member. Now that's a project that she does for fun time. It's not her business. Yes. She wanted, she wanted to spend time with her dad. And I was like, well, take your dad on a cruise. You know, like, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you can make a lot of money and then, and then work in that way. Um, so, so that changed everything. And then on a, on a later coaching call, just out of nowhere, um, I said, someone, someone was swinging the hammer, but I like to do, you know, whatever. I said, millionaires do not swing hammers. Okay? And ever since, it's kind of became like this famous quote. People always talk, millionaires don't swing hammers. So what I want you guys to do, this is your homework tonight. Andy talked about, like, write down all the roles that, that um, you know, you shouldn't be doing. But yet we still want to take that call, right, John? Because it's like, well, if I hire this guy, I'm taking a step back and i got to pay them. And that's how our society has taught us to think. I'm giving something up. But what did Andy say? If you want to stay small and keep it all, go for it. But if you want to grow big and scale and be able to do cool things and grow, start other businesses and go on a Disney cruise every other month. He says it's only once a year. I think it's like every other month. It's once a year. <laughs> you know, my wife and I, like, just literally a few years ago, not very long ago, like, we couldn't go on trips. I mean, like, we couldn't afford it, right? I remember our 10-year anniversary, we got to go to Costa Rica because we actually made some money, and it was amazing for our, for our 10-year anniversary. And, um, you know, in a couple weeks, we're going to, uh, to Thailand. We're going to sell around all these islands, and um, you can't do those things if you're, if you're, number one, occupied with all the tasks, but number two, staying small and, and keeping it all, right? The goal is not to create another job for yourself. That's not what we teach. Most... Other educators, that is what they teach, okay? Um, it was interesting. After watching the testimonials, one of the guys was like, Justin and Andy's niche is building big businesses. And I never heard of that as a niche, but like, that's a niche. Like, I don't know anyone else who does that. And this guy, was, he is an educator. Can I share some perspective here, too? Millionaires don't swing hammers, like you said. There's nothing wrong with swinging a hammer. No yes, one's better than anyone kidding. else, no, okay. right? Okay. So, but here's, let me give you this idea. All of you guys in this room have a different capacity. Just yeah. by virtue of the fact that you're sitting here, you're thinking on these levels, means that you can serve at a higher level. Paycheck, <laughs> money, all that stuff, what it really is, it, over time, what it is, is just shows how much value you've brought to the marketplace, right? So swinging a hammer is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Work is work, and we're supposed to work because it's, it's what we're supposed to do, right? But that person swinging the hammer, he's not having a greatest effect as he could have. And sometimes that's what people are, right? We're all given different things. But you guys in this room have a greater capacity for that. You have a greater capacity to serve more people at a higher level, which means you're going to make more money, which means there's more responsibility with that. But as you notice all these people that come in here, I was able to help them and serve them, and they're able to serve me. And as, to the extent that I serve them, my team members, and serve you guys in this room, if I do any service for you guys this weekend, it's by virtue of the fact that I was able to, you know, me helping you guys, I'm going to get paid for that, right? And to the extent that you can help other people in your life, you'll get paid for that as well. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, the leader's in the world, and especially people in this room and all that, we have to do that. They need us. The world needs entrepreneurs and people providing opportunities for everybody, right? And to do it in the right way. So just remember that. It's not like, oh, I don't want to, I'm not better. It's not better or worse than. It's like, can you serve at a higher level? And if you can, you'll end up getting money for that. And the money is just the oil in the machine, right? That's what it is. You guys see why I hang around this guy? Keep, keep in my, the perspective. Okay, so write down, millionaires don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now go easy. <laughs> millionaires don't dot, dot, dot. And then I want you to go write down all the tasks that, the, 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 the tasks that, that Andy was, that, that he was talking about. You know, the tasks that you can pay someone else a significantly less. If you look at it in that perspective, next time you're doing those things, answering those calls, you're not going to feel like you're giving up something. You're going to recognize what you're giving up 
if you're doing those things. And like Andy said, you truly are helping other people. I mean, it's been cool that we've been able to help some charities and stuff in the past few years. Like, that's awesome. And people talk about it a lot, and that's amazing. What about, like, teaching a man to, to fish, right? Like, that's incredible. I mean, being able to provide, like, the jobs and the people that we've been able to work with, like... Ask them all. Ask the team members that come in. Like, feel free to ask them. Say, like, why don't you go do it on your own? Has it been better working here or not working here? Ask them. Is their life better or worse because of the situations that are provided? So yeah. I want you guys to keep those things in mind, right? 99% the world will not teach you these things. Like, you're only going to learn them in places like this. So it's our job to ingrain it in your heads <laughs> so you recognize that. When you feel like you're taking a loss, when you feel like, oh, I'm hiring this person and losing money... It's an investment. It's the best investment you can make. Investing in other people and systems, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I saw these guys go through some growing pains. And there was a while I was like, oh, no, I hope this works. <laughs> this is the first time I'd ever like, started a hiring program and taking people's money. And, and then to see them, I remember the month, and it was it like September, like not even that long ago. Like September, maybe the month before that, on, in the Facebook forum group, some of your Facebook forum group, they're like, Andy, how many did like they're chasing Andy? How many deals did you do last month? And they hit, they did like twenty something, and and then since then Andy's been doing like thirty, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were like right there at it. Oh yeah, but by the way, I got like thirty-eight this month. But it wasn't, it wasn't like they went from like two to. I mean, it's like there was an exponential growth there, and it was amazing. And it was because they did the things. They took a few steps back, and took. More steps forward. Two steps back, five steps forward. Now, we'll say, too, we, we did that while hiring and building, just like you guys are doing. So don't think, i got to have everybody hired, trained, everyone has to be superstars, I have to have all the processes before I can start growing. No. We, we grew, matter of fact, that, that growth that he's talking about, what, what we don't always talk about, not because we're hiding it, just because it's not always relevant, but we, when we hired, there were dips within the year. Of, of like the stick is going like this, and then there was a dip. We hired someone, learning curve, right? They didn't, maybe they had to learn some stuff. And then we went back up like this and back up. So we got to where we were while hiring, training, evaluating, you know, realizing some people were working, some people weren't. So it, it all can be done. I mean, we talk about all the time, building the wings on the way down. Mike and I always say, building the ship as we go down the river. I mean, we just do, right? That's how we do it. I didn't want to wait. And that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, build the plane while you're flying it. Don't build the plane and then fly it. Build it while you're flying it or it won't get built. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this three-part series. I've said it before, but Andy's just a great guy, and I am incredibly grateful for him. And it's been amazing. You know, I've been um, working with him for just over two years now. And I remember when I first had the idea to to bring him on board, and I, I, you know, you're never sure. You never know about these decisions. You never know how it's going to work out. Working with people can be hard sometimes, uh, but, but hands down, has been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Uh, and then recently, you now working with Mike and Mike, and you know, we, we just did a, a webinar together, which um, I, as of the time of this recording, we haven't done yet. <laughs> we'll be doing soon. Um, but just so grateful to have these these people in my life and to make me a better person, a better investor, and and I'm just really grateful for them. So since I've been um, airing the, these last couple of podcasts, some of you have reached out and asked about the six-figure flipping program. You've asked if there's any more spots available. It, it is currently not opened for enrollment. Um, we currently have filled the classes, and they are underway. However, if if you're interested in coaching, you can go to houseflippinghq.com slash coaching and fill out an application. And we want to put you, we want, we want to help you in the, in the best way that we can. 
Um, coaching has been far and wide the best thing that I have ever done to help me accelerate in any business that I've done. I, I'm looking, I just thought about like, if I would have had this when I did my satellite dish business, I didn't have any coaching, nothing. <laughs> if I would have some coaching, it would have changed everything. It would have saved a lot of heartache. And in a way, I'm glad I didn't because I'm glad I got into real estate. But um, I don't know how someone could do this business without someone telling them, like being there on their side, someone who's been there before. I guess they can do it, but they'll really fumble through. And as for me, I believe money by speed. I believe investing in my education. I don't look at it as a cost. I look at it as the cost of what I'm going to lose if, if I don't do that. So our goal in, in 2017 is is giving back as contribution. And whether that's helping you just through the podcast, like if that's what all you what you need right now and all you can afford and all that makes sense for you, all you have time for, that's awesome. I'm glad you can get back from that. But if you want more, if you would like us to be able to serve you at a, a higher level and to be able to have one-on-one mentoring from myself, Andy, Mike, and Mike, um, go to housewhippinghq.com slash coaching and we'll get someone will get on a call with you, whether it's Mike or Mike or or someone else from from our team. We'll hop on a call with you and they'll talk about your needs, talk about your goals, talk about what you're looking for. We do not ever put someone in a program that isn't the right fit for them. Uh, we currently have you know several different levels of coaching programs based on where you are in uh, in your current income and in your current business. Like where are you? Um, what do, what are your goals? What do you want to do? So we'll be able to help you out and help you find the program that works best for you. So if we can help you out, we'd love to do that. You can go to housewinghq.com slash coaching, and we'd just love to help you out in, in any way we can. So anyway, guys, love you all. Hope you have a great week. Um, there might be a podcast next week. We'll see. I might still be gone. Uh, but if not, get out there. Take some action. Go listen to some old episodes if you need to get pumped up. But just make things happen. Execute, execute, execute. It's all about... Uh, just just going for it and and learning from from your mistakes and surrounding yourself with the people that, that can help you get to the next level. Right now, I'm going to go explore some, some caves and eat some amazing Thai food, <laughs> but I will talk to you guys when I get back. Oh, right when I get back, I'm going to be getting ready for the Nashville event, the Seven Figure Flipping Nashville event, which is going to be awesome. I'm like actually just as if not more excited about that. So anyway, lots of fun stuff going on, guys. I love what I do. Um, go go after your dreams, man. You can do anything you want. You do anything you want. It's not always easy. It's hard during it, before, um, but but it sure is fulfilling. It sure is, sure is worth it. YOLO, you only live once. All right, guys, we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.